All right, welcome back to Technology for Business Sake. And uh, my next guest, you know, this came out because I got this email about this global consumer survey from Accenture, and it was, I just saw a lot of interesting things, and I thought, man, we, I need to talk about this. So I'm really glad to have Robert Woolen, who is the Global Managing Director of Accenture CRM Practice, join me right now to talk about this survey. Robert, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. Glad to join you, Brent. Now, before we jump into uh, some of the meat, because there's a lot of meat to this thing, <laughs> maybe you could give us a little bit of your personal background. Uh, sure. Happy to. I, I've been with Accenture more than uh, 20 years now. Uh, one of the folks who helped uh, found our practice in the early 90s. And uh, I've spent most of my career working, um, you know, in, uh, in both North America, but around the world, you know, in places that you might expect banks, telcos, consumer goods companies, insurance providers and the like, you know, the folks who've really over the last 20 years probably invested more of their time, energy, and attention into really figuring out what it means to be uh, engaging customers, not just sort of kept capturing information about them. So, you, as I said, you guys just recently pushed out your annual study, you call it the Accenture Global Consumer Survey. and. 12,000 consumers in 32 countries participated in this and shared their experiences. That's uh, a lot of information that we're going to try to get through, but maybe you could tell us why you guys do this survey. Well, first and foremost, we do it because our clients ask us for these, these really important questions to help them think about how they're going to reach out to consumers, customers, uh, and try to grow their business. So it really evolved from a basic set of questions from companies around the world. Now, um, what is taken on obviously an important role in our um, in our business every year, because it really reaches out to not only the largest markets we all think about, but emerging markets and those markets that help kind of drive individual industries around the world. As you said, 32 countries. So our clients and you know who are going increasingly global can start to look at their world almost like a chessboard, and understand the different dynamics of a consumer uh, or a customer that's in Japan that might be very different from a place like France or South Africa, you know, Brazil versus India versus China versus Canada, uh, let alone the North America. Uh, so we really felt it was important to take a look at that number of different co uh, countries to understand these trends, sort of look beyond the horizon as well as look at how consumers are behaving across industries uh, and the industry behaviors that they'd see related, you know, how they look at their banks versus how they look at, um, you know, the folks that they choose to travel with or, um, you know, the folks they buy a, a wireless phone from. So it's, it's really a chance for us to step back every year and get a pulse of what's happening with, uh, with consumers. And, you know, we treat it as a pretty important step. Now, one of the things that jumped out to me is this whole area of one in five consumer switch providers in 2012. Now that's, I'm going to dig in a little bit, but what were some of the key things that, uh, that you've picked out of this? Well, there's a few things that you might have expected. We've seen switching uh, rise steadily um, over the last number of years that we've done the survey, probably the last eight or nine. So switching hasn't necessarily uh, been a new thing. Uh, consumers have been switching uh, steadily over the years. But it has reached basically a new plateau. And so it isn't about economics driven. It isn't just the economic cycles. We've been doing this for, you know, eight or nine years now. So 
we see that the, the level of switching that consumers do today um, is pretty consistent. So one, switching is here to stay. Two, a thing we've seen uh, steadily over the last couple of years is rising expectations. Consumers are telling us that their expectations are rising every single year, which matters a lot to companies because if you're not thinking, if you're thinking about a three-year or four-year roadmap, um, if you're not thinking about making sure you, you keep pace with consumers, you'll quickly fall behind. And and thirdly, I think the things we've seen consistently have been a you know an increasing frustration with obvious execution issues, you know, having to repeat yourself three or four times, um, having to start over uh, every time you have to engage a company. Um, you know those kinds of service issues that have become prevalent. We all probably know in our in our daily lives. So. Those are things that aren't really surprised us, but frankly are probably um, setting the tone that they're here to stay. But there are some things that kind of caught our attention, maybe new this year as well. Well, let's talk about those. I, I, <laughs> there's a lot I'm going to ask, but I want to know what surprised you. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, there's three things that sort of stood out. One, that price isn't the primary reason people are leaving. Um, in today's world where you can rapidly... Uh, check a price online, go into a store, you know, snap a UPC code uh, with your mobile phone and find out how you can buy it online. You know, we thought pricing would become, you know, the dominant issue uh, and lingering issues from uh, from earlier economic times. Not really the case. What we're seeing is service experiences um, is really driving the, uh, the, is the driving reasons why people leave. In fact, the number one reason people leave is the fact that the promise that they were, were were really given when they chose a provider wasn't being met in the delivery world. So, again, um, that's the number one issue why people switched. That was a, a real surprise for us. And maybe the second one is that while everyone uh, you know can bemoan the idea that consumers are switching and uh, may imply that they're fairly fickle, this year we found that 85% of those consumers actually said they would that companies could have done something to keep them. So we're looking at this through maybe the, a different lens. The, the customers actually do want to stay with their providers. They don't want to switch, but we've got to pay attention uh, more or less to, uh, to what they are interested in, in uh, sticking around for. Well, Those yeah. are some things that really stood out. I'm looking at this, and it, you know, broken promises, nearly two-thirds said that was their top concern. I mean, that's, uh, that's uh, that talks a lot about the trust issue and how important trust is today. Uh, is, are these kind of results, are you seeing trust as that uh, a main issue across the board, across different countries, or, or is it uh, more important, let's say, in the U.S. as opposed to anywhere else? Well, trust is an issue that came up, Brent, uh, you know, an awful lot in the last couple of years, as you know, um, as, as things started to merge around banks, right? The financial services sector uh, through the last crash really introduced this word about trust. But the hard part about trust is it's hard to quantify. It's hard to get your arms around what would I do to establish trust. Um, and this point you mentioned about uh, what we called broken promises was actually a way to, for companies to step back and look thoroughly at how are they setting promises versus how are they delivering. And surprisingly, companies are spending very little time, energy, and attention on how they set promises beyond the marketing realm. You know, this is in, you know, when a, when a, you know, in sales and or in service, how are we setting expectations is becoming 
as if not more important than just how we're delivering them. That's, uh, that's really stood out. I'm looking here at another really interesting piece. And since you do head up the CRM practice, this is probably something that you looked at too. A tailored experience is critical to a strong customer relationship. Nearly 48% of respondents said that. Um, are you seeing companies understand that and addressing that? Well, it, not so much as you see in the sales and service arena. Again, something we all know, tailored marketing has been around for you know, a couple of decades now. Um, what we're seeing is, is companies are still clinging to this one-size-fits-all model, trying to improve the base, right, making operational improvement. What they're finding is customers may not notice or may not even value the changes they're making. You know, essentially, they're watered down. So it really is time you know, sort of move beyond the one-size-fits-all model and start to isolate what matters to, to different customer segments and then starting to implement those. That's the stuff that's going to be noticed and valued, and people then will respond and understand what, what tailoring really means. Yeah, and, and another key thing that came out of the study, 31% of respondents prefer companies that actually use the information that's available to them to create a better experience, but only a quarter of them found companies that are actually doing that. Yeah, it's a real change, isn't it, Brent? I mean, uh, you know, for, for decades we were used to, you know, providing information almost as a pass key, you know, uh, you know, that you had to give so products would show up at your door. More and more today we're seeing that the amount of information that's available that companies can act upon, uh, customers will give it to you, but they view it as an exchange. They're going to get some value out of it when they're providing that information. It isn't just enough um, to say, well, I need that piece of information. Why do you need it? What are you going to do differently with it? And as we talked about setting expectations, when customers do give it to you, whether it's through social media channels, uh, through traditional voice, maybe face-to-face in a store, whatever the mechanism is, they're expecting that you treat that as a uh, sort of a tool to make sure their lives are easier. And that exchange, I think, may be at the heart of some of what this uh, Broken Promises is all about. Another thing that's uh, rather uh, prevalent, and it looks like it's increasing, are the number of channels that uh, consumers are using to engage in general, but also when it comes from a business and customer service perspective. Uh, It looks like uh, 79% of consumers get information from proprietors you know, using a very a variety of these channels, but word of mouth is still the most important one. Can you talk a little bit about the, how how even though we have this growth of these channels, word of mouth is still king? Yeah, it, it, it is. There's more places you can go to do research to get your your arms around um, a, a new provider, a new product, you know, and um, a growing number of consumers are using those channels, so they become increasingly important in the future as much as they are today. You know, one quick thought, um, Brent, is the, not to overlook the company's website as we start evaluating things like social media and some of the other vehicles uh, that are out there, online forums and such, because, you know, consumers did tell us that they were going to uh, to websites uh, that companies operate, so improving those is pretty critical, but they also want to supplement that, that point of view, that perspective. They sort of want to calibrate uh, if that information um, is really, um, you know, the best 
you know, the best examples uh, of how to use the product, what it is, what it's going to be like when they work with a company. But word of mouth has kind of evolved. You know, it's always been important to be able to talk to your neighbor about uh, what their experience was, someone you trust. But as you said, we start to see word of mouth showing up in user reviews when the users look like people that are like me, if I'm the consumer looking for a, a new uh, a new product or a new provider. Um, they also really do take in, uh, into account this, uh, this element of social media. This is where social media actually meets the selling process um, and or the service process where, um, you know, consumers will start to use those channels uh, more and more for the way they want to. And that's tough for some companies to keep up. So companies really have to focus on the fact that consumers will come at them not simply through the front door, maybe over the phone or their own website, but word of mouth is going to travel um, when uh, when consumers are talking to other consumers. Pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Hard to do. Pretty straightforward. It's fascinating because uh, as I look at this, word of mouth, 79% uh, you know, corporate websites, uh, 71%. <clears throat> expert review sites, 63%. Yep. But you know, lagging pretty far behind is social media, with, you know, Facebook, Twitter, 47%. Is that because companies haven't kind of build a strategy that uh, engages customers using uh, you know, trust as a, a key identifier and leveraging and not trying to replace channels with social, but actually using it as an enhancement. Yeah, we, we actually dug into this in, uh, in our book, The Social Media Management Handbook last year, um, to really get, get under you know, what social media was. Was it hype or were people turning it into money? And I think one of the, the hypotheses that came out of that is companies still haven't quite figured out how to make it easy to draw their products and their services into the conversation, you know, where it's more natural. It's, it's, um, it becomes, uh, you know, pretty rare that companies will actually be um, leveraging social media beyond, you know, generic messages or specific promotions. The mainstream still is looking for a way to both understand products and capabilities the way they consume them, so that's where a specific forum might be useful, or around a specific product that they're very interested in, and less about the general idea of working with a company. They want to know when, they, when they're doing their research, not only will the product work, but will it work for them? Mm. And that's where... Um, the company's website and or some very specific forums uh, become, you know, the first place to get that. I expect uh, companies will make their products, their services, the conversation more robust, and that will make its way naturally into social media. But we're probably just ahead of that just now. We've been having a great conversation with Robert Woolen from Accenture, going over some of the findings of, of their global consumer survey. Robert if there are one or two takeaways that a company should put in play in order to build better relationships with customers that come out of the survey, what, what would those two, two or three things be? Yeah, I, I might even make them four that, that really stood out, uh, Brent. One, uh, very, at the heart, they can stop assuming customers are leaving because of something inherently nomadic in them. You know, they want to stay. So don't just accept whatever your, your historical customer retention numbers are. Uh, customers are saying they'd like to stay. So at the core, look at the strategy and how you're executing. You know, two, 
get the uh, do a better job balancing how you set expectations at the front of a relationship. Maybe when someone first signs up, um, going from one wireless carrier to another or one bank to another. What do you know about um, other customers who've switched from that previous provider that could make you know the entrance uh, smoother and manage those expectations significantly better? So get those expectations into balance. Um, third, really do evaluate what data you're asking for customers. Maybe go on a data weight loss program. Let's stop looking for all this data mm. that we don't do anything with um, and better isolate what we can do something with. And four, really re-examine what being digital means today and um, really being focused on you know, what, what um, channels you want to offer your services and products through and then how well uh, those meet different customer segments, not sort of the masses, but the folks you most want to, uh, to add to your customer portfolio or keep with you as opposed to switching. Those are four ways um, we see you know, having some real immediate results uh, inside your business. Robert, where can people learn more about the survey? Well, the best place to go is, uh, is certainly out through Accenture.com. You can certainly follow me on Twitter. That's Robert Wallen, W-O-L-L-A-N, on Twitter. That's another place you can see a lot of links and updates that come out on a pretty frequent basis. Uh, or, of course, Accenture.com is a great place to start. Um, we've got a site that, uh, that actually keeps the conversation going, not just a, a one-off result. Had a great conversation with Robert Wallen from Accenture. And, uh, well, we come to an end of another show. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned next week because I'll be back. Technology for business sake.